Hi, welcome back to the Week Critique Podcast. I'm your host, Cade Marks, and today I am joined once again by my brother, Casey Marks. Hey, guys. He's back, and today we're going to talk about the one, the only, Christopher Nolan. Now, there's been a little bit of controversy around Nolan this year, and there was also the release of his new film, Tenet, and we're going to get into details about that and also give our ranking for all of Nolan's 11 films, because... As of now, Casey and I have both seen all of them. I've seen all of them more than once besides Insomnia. So, should be a good talk. You ready, Casey? I'm ready. Sounds good. So, before we get into the movies of Christopher Nolan, it's important to acknowledge that one person who was especially disappointed by Tenet's release this year, and that's Nolan himself. Because Nolan was hoping that this would be the the movie that would reopen theaters, that everybody would go back to seeing movies and... Warner Bros. was definitely hoping the same, and yet the film was originally set to release on July 17th this year. After three delays, it was finally released in the U.S. on September 3rd. The movie failed to break even, and it lost a lot of money for Warner Bros., somewhere in the vicinity of $100 million. Wow. And this has been credited with causing Warner Bros. to opt for same-time digital releases for its future slate of movies to HBO Max. The most notable films in this slate, including The Suicide Squad, the James Gunn Suicide Squad movie, whatever that is. I don't know if that's going to be much of a sequel or a redo, however that turns out. The Matrix 4, Denis Villeneuve's Dune, Godzilla vs. Kong, and the Space Jam sequel, Space Jam, A New Legacy, that I believe is still set to star LeBron James. So, in response to this decision by Warner Bros., uh, Nolan himself was very openly critical. He said... Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. It's awfully harsh about HBO. HBO is actually pretty good. They've got a lot of classic movies that the other services don't. You and I have definitely enjoyed watching like the Studio Ghibli movies on HBO. Oh, yeah. Some classics. We're going to watch Citizen Kane before um we watch mank i've seen it a couple of times but you, you're still yet to see citizen kane so yep. that should make a good double feature and we'll be back with our impressions on mank next time we record a podcast i'm gonna make a little tangent here and say sorry it's been months since the last podcast but uh the last semester of school was especially busy and overwhelming so glad to be back once again with the pod all right um Adding on to that, Nolan also said, Warner Bros. had an incredible machine for getting a filmmaker's work out to everywhere, both in theaters and in the home, and they're dismantling it as we speak. They don't even understand what they're losing, their decision makes no economic sense, and even the most casual Wall Street investor can see the difference between disruption and dysfunction. This kind of comes off as like a prima donna trying to defend his, his movie that really didn't do very well, and... I mean, you and I both really love Christopher Nolan's films, but I don't know if he can really be that critical of the move when it's... I mean, some are blaming him for his rush to release Tenet for the failure of theaters and this push to release all movies on digital platforms same day. So many people are believing that we're about to see the death of movie theaters. Who knows? It'll be Uh, interesting to see how the rubble all settles when COVID is over and we can finally go back to movies, whether studios will go back to 
releasing ahead of time in theaters and then later on streaming services. I don't know. I don't know. I think that might be a little over-exaggerated. It's possible, but if it depends on whether movie theaters are forced to close, and then not nearly as many people are going to go to movie theaters if they can just sit on their couch and watch the new movie the same day it comes out in theaters. So That's true. We'll just have to wait and see. That's all the news we have to talk about because this episode is dedicated to Christopher Nolan's filmography. Casey and I are going to work together on assembling a complete ranking of his 11 movies. So to just quickly go over those 11 films in chronological order, in 1998, Nolan released his student film Following, which is a black-and-white neo-noir thriller about a man who follows people to learn about their lives. In 2000, he released his breakout film Memento about a man with short-term memory loss trying to solve the murder of his wife. In 2002, Insomnia was released, the only film by directed by Nolan that he did not write, which was a remake of a Scandinavian film. I should probably double-check that really quick. Yes, the original one had Stellan Skarsgård released in 97. Swedish. Looks like it's Swedish. So that one stars Al Pacino and Robin Williams, and Al Pacino is a detective trying to solve a murder uh, case while he's in Alaska, and it's bright all day, so he can't get any sleep. It's actually, I, I think... I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves in terms of the rankings, but I think even this movie, despite him not writing it, is a pretty solid murder mystery story, even though it's perhaps the least Nolan film. But again, yeah. getting ahead of myself. So, on to number four. Batman Begins was released in 2005, telling the origin story of Bruce Wayne and Christian Bale's Batman. And 2006, The Prestige was released, a story about two rivaling magicians played by Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. In 2008, The Dark Knight came out, starring Christian Bale again as Batman and introducing the world to Heath Ledger's Joker, which he posthumously won Best Supporting Actor Award at the Academy Awards. Well-deserved. Yeah, indeed. In 2010, Nolan released Inception, which I think is maybe one of the more divisive films he's created about corporate espionage that takes place within dreams. If you haven't heard of Inception then you haven't heard of this podcast, probably. That's <laughs> so, a fair statement. Yeah. Um, in 2012, the sequel to The Dark Knight was released, The Dark Knight Rises, starring Tom Hardy as Bane. In, two th- uh, in 2014, Nolan released Interstellar, a story about Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway needing to travel the stars to try to save humanity. In 2017, Nolan released his only film that takes place in the past, as far as I'm aware called Dunkirk, about the evacuation of the beach of Dunkirk in France in World War II. And finally this year, Nolan released Tenet, the subject of the controversy that we just covered. So, Casey, are you ready to rank these movies? I'm ready. And can I just start out by saying there's no bad Christopher Nolan movie. They all have their... They've all got strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. I think there are a few common flaws in Nolan's films, but... I mean, we we both enjoy all 11 of these films. There isn't a bad movie in the bunch. Yeah. So let's get started by just listing off what do we think are the highest tier Nolan movies. All right. Let's do it. I think we have to put The Dark Knight up there. Wait, shouldn't we do it in the other order? Well, I'm just saying we're going to we're going to go like 
just what needs to be near oh, the top. Yeah, okay. We're not actually going to start the list yet. But what needs to be near the top? Dark Knight. What else? Interstellar. In- Interstellar. Dunkirk. Yeah. Batman Begins. I think that can go one tier down. All right, so fair. let's go down to the second tier. Batman Begins. Inception. Inception, okay. Um. Memento, maybe? Maybe that could be third tier. Yeah, I'm going to put the prestige here. You don't think so? I mean, I've only seen them once, so. We'll get more into depth about these when we're trying to actually come up with the order. but So down to third tier, Memento, uh, Insomnia. Tenet. Tenet. Following? Yeah. Is that all of them? We've got... No, we're missing one. What are we missing? The Batman movie, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, I think that can be second tier. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So in first tier, we've got the Dark Knight, Interstellar, Dunkirk. Second tier is Batman Begins, Inception, The Prestige, and The Dark Knight Rises. Third tier, Memento, Insomnia, Tenet, Following. And obviously, these are opinions. I know some people would probably put Memento at number one, but that's just not our personal taste. So let's get into it. Let's start at the bottom with third tier. We have, whoops, don't look at that. Pulled up the game for later. Don't look at that. Don't look. I still have to get rid of it. (laughs) At the end of the episode, we are going to play the game Gag Lines. Casey's going to compete for the first time. All right, here we go. Starting at the third tier. Let's get into it. We've got Memento, Insomnia, Tenet, and Following. Do you think there are any like obvious worsts in that list? So, for me, I'd say Insomnia. It's the only one I have seen once, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Following also is a very interesting movie, but it's also maybe the roughest around the edges. But honestly, I kind of agree with you. We can put Insomnia at the bottom. I just was not fully immersed in the story, and it didn't feel like Nolan's storytelling, probably because he didn't write it. Yeah, exactly. It feels the least Nolan of all these movies. Yeah. But it also featured some great performances. Hilary Swank was great in it, Robin Williams, and Al Pacino. But there's really not too much standout about it. It's just like a good yeah detective story basically whereas nolan's films usually go places that other movies don't they try to tread new thematic material and new plot devices that haven't previously been used and tenet is maybe the best example of that despite it being on this bottom tier for us yeah and so if it's all right with you i think we can put following at that second bottom spot uh yeah i agree with that so Having watched this movie the first time in high school, I remembered it being probably my least favorite Nolan movie, but then I rewatched it recently. I got the Criterion uh, Edition Blu-ray and rewatched it with Casey, and I just didn't remember at all how twisty it was. And <laughs> it actually ended up being a pretty stimulating plot. Yeah, I can agree with that. And, I mean, the performances weren't the best. It was obviously the lowest budget of all of his movies. It so pales in comparison to Tenet when you think about like the budget that Nolan's been working with since some of these more recent projects but 
following, I definitely think it's a really interesting story, and it was a great indication of what Nolan was capable of in terms of the nonlinear storytelling. Um, I know the Criterion Edition Blu-ray comes with a chronological version of like a different uh, a chronological edit of that story, and I'd be interested to watch that sometime just to see. I mean, like other Nolan movies, it also has the problem of being kind of confusing. Yeah. But rewatching it and watching it again with that chronological edit, while maybe less interesting from a storytelling perspective, would help it make more sense. But yeah, like yeah. I said, that's a good indication of where Nolan was to go after that. And I still think it's at least a four-star movie. It's, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Which, again, speaks to how good Nolan is as a director. Going back to what you were saying, like just the timeline in Memento uh, and Dunkirk, the timeline was just kind of confusing for those movies. You had to maybe read about it to fully understand when events occurred. Yeah, I've definitely watched some uh, explain like recap videos on YouTube about some of these Nolan movies just to understand them a little better. <laughs> I should do that. All right, moving on to the third bottom spot. We could put either Memento or Tenet. For me, it's Memento. I tend to agree with you, and I think... Really? That the reason that a lot of people love Memento is because of how creative it is with its storytelling. It's basically told backwards. And that's always felt a little bit more of a gimmick to me than actual good storytelling. And I think it's interesting. I think it's really hard to follow. Like, you have to teach your brain to, <laughs> to try to interpret the story in a different way, which... Makes it an interesting movie, but not necessarily an enjoyable movie. And that's why it falls so low on this list for me. So I'm placing Memento at the third spot from the bottom, or number 8 out of 11. No, 9 out of 11. That's what I meant. Alright, now moving on to the last of the bottom tier, Tenet. Frankly, you and I both saw this movie in theaters. I mean, wearing masks and taking necessary precautions, not sitting close to anybody, because, I mean, I think this is the only movie we've seen in theaters since yeah. since COVID hit in March. And I was a little disappointed after I saw it the first time. Not only because it was incredibly confusing and because the sound mixing was terrible, I could not understand anything anybody was saying in the theaters. I mean, they're always wearing masks or talking during some very loud but awesome music by Ludwig Göransson. Yeah, the score in this movie is incredible. Yeah. And... What it does have going for it is so strong. The idea of merging timelines, one moving forward and one moving backward, just allows for new possibilities in storytelling that I haven't seen in anything before. And it really excites me when that happens. But at the same time, this is maybe his most flawed movie. It is, but at the same time, it's... I don't think it's one of his best, but it's one of my favorites to watch just because it's so... It just cool yeah, to watch. Yeah, there are some incredible action set pieces in this movie, especially those that the central plot device allow for, because in this movie, time travel doesn't exist, but time inversion does. So you can invert yourself and start moving backward in time. People reverse bullets by catching them in the gun. And a lot of this doesn't make a ton of sense. They even say at the beginning of the movie, don't try to understand it, just feel it. It's perfect. But honestly... Despite this movie being incredibly confusing, this is maybe the most confusing movie I've ever seen. I had to watch several recap videos me too. online, but that part of it isn't what bothers me the most. I think there's just some there's some inconsistent writing, to be sure, and John David Washington gives it his all, I think, but 
I don't think he meshes super well with the style of writing. He just kind of seems to lack charisma in this role. I think Robert Pattinson was kind of charismatic. He was enjoyable in the movie. Yeah. When is Robert Pattinson not good? Maybe Twilight. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Neither have I. I don't plan to. He's been on a hot streak recently. I mean, I've seen him in what? The Lighthouse. Good Time. Good Time. Incredible. Both of those movies. He was pretty good in uh, The King. Although uh, that accent was a little accent silly. Was not great. Yeah. All right. That was yeah. That was kind of mediocre, but not still, a great movie. He's still enjoyable to watch, even in a movie like that. Yeah. He's a character, but not and, in an insultive way. Right. Or insulting. Exactly. But there were just some moments in this movie that felt kind of sloppy. Yeah. All right, moving on to that second tier. What have we got? We've got Batman Begins, Inception, The Prestige, and The Dark Knight Rises. What's looking to be the bottom of that list for you? So, I personally liked Batman Begins more than The Dark Knight Rises. I just thought The Dark Knight Rises was kind of a bit too meshed and crammed at points. And actually, now now that I think about it, the Dark Knight Rises might be his most flawed film, even more than Tenet. Really? Yeah. Why do you say that? There are some major plot holes in that movie, <laughs> and I don't want to get in, into them too much. Just watch like the honest trailers for The Dark Knight Rises, and you'll see some of the most egregious flaws in that movie. Frankly, and I, I loved it the first time I saw it in theaters, but I was like 12 when that happened, so I think it's definitely fallen down my, my Nolan list in the years since and frankly i wouldn't feel bad about putting that below tenant now that i think about it i think on my um letterboxd list i have tenant above dark knight rises all right do you want to put dark knight rises below tenant then i mean i so think so we're changing up the tiers yeah we don't i mean those tiers were just a yeah. way to like sort of organize it uh, at first uh, that's what i would do all right we're gonna put the dark knight rises below and there are again some really cool action set pieces in this movie and i think bane just like Tom, Tom Hardy's Hardy Bane is fun. Being it's a fun badass, to do that. Yeah. Everybody likes to do that. I was born in the darkness. You merely adopted it. You know, I, I butchered that quote, but... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty iconic. Yeah. I And again, like, The Dark Knight... Now, we'll talk about this more when we talk about The Dark Knight, but The Dark Knight Rises was kind of just another guy wanting to see Gotham and chaos. destroyed. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was better with the Joker. And it, it paled in comparison to Heath Ledger's Joker performance. Yeah. So. I mean, they're both great actors. They are. They are. So now we've decided on putting The Dark Knight Rises in spot number eight. Tenet is spot number seven. All right. What do you think next? Uh, let's see. So Inception or The Prestige? I would say The Prestige. And I feel like you're going to disagree with me on this. Yeah. I, I honestly think The Prestige is one that feels like a better movie every time I see it. It's just so solidly constructed, and the twists work really well upon rewatch. That's true. Especially when you can look for different signs earlier on in the movie. I don't want to spoil anything here, but if you haven't seen The Prestige, please go watch it twice. I definitely need to rewatch it because it's been years. Frankly, I, I'm a little less emphatic about Inception than most people are. I think... It's very well-structured, and I don't think it's as confusing as a lot of people see it, say it is. Then again, I've seen it several times by now, so I feel like I understand it pretty well. Although, the central conceit of being able to go into other people's dreams is kind of confusing. But it just doesn't seem that interesting to me, and, and everybody seems kind of boring in that movie. I mean, you've got Leonardo DiCaprio, Elliot Smith. 
Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Not Elliot Smith. Elliot Page. <laughs> I keep saying Elliot Smith. No, he is a singer. Or was a singer. Yeah. So, Elliot Page, my bad. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Tom Hardy. You've got some fun people in there. Tom Hardy's actually pretty enjoyable in that movie. But, yeah. like, most of the characters feel pretty dry. And I think that's the case in a lot of Nolan movies. That's I think true. He, he writes dry dialogue. Like, his characters really aren't that interesting a lot of the time. Which is what... I mean, is maybe one of the most significant criticisms of him as a writer and as a director. But there are some notable standouts, especially in The Dark Knight and Interstellar, especially. Yeah. So, if it's cool with you, I'd like to put Inception in this next slot. Or Batman Begins. But I feel like you want Batman Begins oh, to be higher. Um, I would say Inception, yeah. I think Batman Begins is a better movie. Alright, we can put Inception here. Alright. Now... Next up the list, should it be The Prestige or Batman Begins? I'm going to go with The Prestige. I mean, I've only seen it once, and I think it's underrated, and I need to rewatch it to fully remember how good of a movie it is. But I would say Prestige before Batman Begins. Okay, and I think I can live with that. The Prestige, again, is about Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale as rivaling magicians, which sounds a little silly, but they get progressively more extreme and how combative they are and trying to outdo each other and it's a really interesting movie and whether or not you <laughs> like the twist at the end i like it even though it's it gets a, a little twist. science fictiony but i mean the twist is what makes the movie i would say there are several twists in that movie if you're somebody who likes m night Shyamalan films please watch this and even if you're not please watch this movie watch it regardless yeah all right, yeah, we'll put The Prestige in this next slot, which leaves Batman Begins. Now, this is a movie that I think is one of his more thematically strong films, but maybe one of the less interesting movies to watch. I mean... I think some of the CGI is dated, and Ra's al Ghul is not a very compelling villain, in my opinion. He's fine. All right. And also The Scarecrow, played by Kelly Murphy... I like Killian Murphy a lot, especially after watching Peaky Blinders, but neither of the villains in that were particularly compelling. The, um, what's her name? Played Rachel. Uh, is it Katie Holmes? Yeah, Katie Holmes playing Rachel. Her performance wasn't great. I mean, Katie Holmes just isn't a great actor in general. I mean, I mean it was a very strong yeah, origin story. It was. I think one of the reasons I like this movie is because it's just the borrowed source material into the origin story, like the way he shot how bruce became batman i don't know i like it more than dark knight rises probably because it's the introduction to nolan's batman all right that sounds good now we've got three more the top three for this third spot we have the option of the dark knight interstellar or dunkirk so i would say dunkirk but i don't know about you yeah I i'd agree with you and i think I mean, we've talked about how some movies are more flawed but more enjoyable. I think Interstellar is a more flawed movie than Dunkirk. I don't really have any issues with Dunkirk at all, but it's just a less interesting story, I so mean, I'm willing yeah. to put it at number three. Interstellar is a lot more creative. Dunkirk, maybe to its benefit, has the least writing of any Nolan movie. And it's, that's fine, because it's it actually happened. It's war. It doesn't have to be like this original screenplay. And it doesn't spend too much time trying to develop its characters. It's all about this relentless danger. And they're 
just constantly striving to try to get home and how brutal this war is on each of these soldiers. I mean, it's an incredibly intense film. I don't know that the different timelines it uses are incredibly necessary, but no, it does not. add an interesting element to rewatching the film, trying I mean, to piece together how these different timelines come together of the men on the beach, the men on the boat, and then the pilots in the Royal Air Force. It definitely shows that Christopher Nolan is obsessed with the idea of having confusing timelines. Yeah, <laughs> that is a constant through his oh, films. Yeah. There are some good performances in this movie as well. Fionn Wolfhead, probably pronouncing that wrong, as probably the main soldier. I mean, you've got Tom Hardy as the pilot. Uh, Mark Rylance is great in this movie as the man who's taking his boat to try to rescue some of the soldiers off the beach. Kenneth Branagh, would you say? Or does he not uh, have enough speaking I, I'm like kind of Arts. meh on Kenneth Branagh as an actor overall, but I think yeah. he serves this movie pretty well in that he's sort of just like a generic, in this movie he sort of just portrays like the honorable, Captain prototypical, like prototypical um, authority figure for uh, England's army and yeah. how he just wants his men to get home. I think it works just as a characterization of that part of England's history. And in Dunkirk, before we go on to the next movie... I don't remember this movie having a lot of dialogue. It doesn't at all. And it doesn't feel like it needs to either. No, the the moments themselves kind of carry the movie forward. It's all very situational. You're just watching these soldiers go through these incredibly tense scenarios. So, on to number two. And for me, there can be none other besides Interstellar, Interstellar at number two. Now, this is a movie that you and I have watched multiple times together. I would go ahead and say that this is Nolan's most emotional film. I think that McConaughey carries that, and all of the emotion stems from this father wanting to get back home to his children and having to watch these video logs of them aging without him. And that scene, especially when he's watching the audio logs of his children growing up and not having him there is so emotional. He gives an incredible performance. This also has some of the greatest action set pieces. I mean, the mountains, I'll say, without trying to spoil anything. The docking scene, incredible. And Hans Zimmer's um, use of the organ, like a church organ in yeah. his score, conveys such a sense of space, while also this emotional intimacy at the same time. I mean, that plus some incredible... And mostly scientifically accurate CGI depicting things like wormholes and black holes. This is like a nerd's dream. <laughs> Space nerd dream. I love sci-fi so much. Yeah, it's me one too. of my favorite genres. I think sci-fi is a very entertaining and compelling genre. Yeah. So, is there anything else we want to mention about Interstellar? I mean, I just agree that like such good CGI set pieces and the score just rocks the movie it's awesome i love it so much yeah incredible film number one maybe my favorite movie it's definitely been my favorite movie at times the dark knight not much of a hot take there no and this movie is just kind of perfect i mean that's not true there are some nitpicks i mean the scene where joker goes to this um charity fundraiser event and then batman has to jump out the window to save rachel and then it just kind of comes to the next scene like what happened with all the goons that were just in this building like holding this fundraiser hostage it just kind of leaves that there were goons unresolved 
I yeah, don't remember. Joker. Huh, yeah, okay, that is a bit of a continuity mess up. Yep. So there, there are a few flaws in typical Nor- Nolan way. It's a little over-convoluted, but I think this movie is thematically incredible. I mean, just, and Joker is such a perfect foil to Batman in this film. Heath Ledger's performance is iconic. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, the endlessly best imitable. <laughs> it's, yeah. He definitely deserved that posthumous award for best supporting actor for this film. Without a doubt. I don't know what else we can say about it that hasn't already been said. It's incredible. There's some incredible shots. The, um, I'm gonna, Wally Pfister was the cinematographer, I believe. Let me double check that. Jeez. Yeah, Wally Pfister is the director of photography for The Dark Knight. This was before Nolan started working with Hoyt Van Hoytema, who was the cinematographer for Dunkirk, Interstellar, and I believe Tenet. And he's incredible. I forgot to mention earlier that the cinematography for those movies is all excellent. But this especially, I mean, you've got some incredible shots, like the shot of Batman standing over the fire as the building is like being cleaned up after Rachel's spoiler (laughs) after rachel is blown up and two-face is created if you haven't seen dark knight by now i'm sorry please get on that if you haven't seen it by now then what are you doing go watch it yes or yeah honestly watch that instead of listening to this podcast (laughs) but yeah incredible cinematography another incredible score by Hans zimmer uh his partnerships with nolan are always exciting and christian bale is great in this Everybody's great in this. Would you say it's the most influential Christopher Nolan movie? Like its impact on yeah, almost definitely movie because making? it brought in a dark tone to superhero movies that just kind of wasn't there before. Yeah, which inspired things like the Watchmen movie, which and yeah, was not incredibly <laughs> Park's, successful. It inspired South Park's Cartman alter ego. Yep. Um. Yeah, and a new direction for several superhero movies. What an incredible film. And that said, we've covered all of the Nolan films. So let's review that. Starting at number one, The Dark Knight. Number two, Interstellar. Number three, Dunkirk. Number four, Batman Begins. Number five, The Prestige. Number six, Inception. Number seven, Tenet. Number eight, The Dark Knight Rises. Number nine, Memento. Number ten, Following. And number eleven, Insomnia. There you go. The definitive ranked list of the 11 films by Christopher Nolan. Nobody can argue with this. Nobody can have a different opinion. It's set in stone. There you go. These are facts, not opinions. Correct. Now, Casey, since we're both looking at the same computer screen, I'm going to need you to close your eyes while we play gag lines, but still stay close to the microphone. This is going to be a difficult task. Yeah, just close your eyes, but stay close to the microphone. So here we go. For those of you who don't know... All right, Casey's using a mask to cover his eyes. That's interesting. 2020. For those of you who don't know, Gaglines is a trivia game where I give you some gag-worthy taglines from different movies, and you try to guess the movies. So we're going to start off with five taglines for the first movie. If you get it on the first clue, you get five points. If you get it on the last clue, you get one point. And gets progressively more descriptive and more specific to that movie as I go on. For the second movie, there are three clues. You can get five points, then three points, then one point if you get it by um, from the first clue, second clue, or third clue. And then finally, the last movie, there will be only one clue, and you will get three points if you get that one right. Currently, I believe I have the high score in this movie. When Ian quizzed me last time, 
Uh, I can double check that and update the leaderboard after this episode. But are you ready for movie number one? I'm ready. All right. The first tagline for movie number one, the legend comes to life. And I forgot to mention you get one clue per, I mean, one guess per clue. The legend comes to life. Uh, Percy Jackson. No. Second clue. You will find adventure or adventure will find you. Jumanji. Nope. Clue number three. Power can be held in the smallest of things. Power can be held in the smallest of things. Gonna need a guess. Yikes. Five, four... Toy Story. No. Clue number four. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. Oh, that should be... Oh, okay. Um, small person. There's, like, the borrowers. Power can be held in the smallest of things. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. You will find adventure, or adventure will find you, and the legend comes to life. Take small people and yeah. small powerful objects. Huh. Okay. Gonna need a guess in five seconds. Five. Four. Bugs life. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> that's not even people. Eh, it is not a bug's life. I have no idea. All right. Final clue for movie number one for one point. Fate has chosen him. A fellowship will protect him. Evil will hunt them. Oh, is it Lord of the Rings? Specifically? Fellowship of the Ring? Correct. So you get one point for that first movie. It was Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. I was thinking like tiny people, not like a hobbit. All right, movie number two. Are you ready? I'm ready. Higher, further, faster. Sounds like a Fast and the Furious tagline. Is that your guess? No. Higher, further, faster. I'll just waste it and say Fast and the Furious. Specifically? Oh, really? I'm not saying that that is correct. I Fast and the Furious movie. 7. That is incorrect. All right, number three. Everything begins with a hero. Or should I say her-o. That hero, the her is in parentheses. Everything begins with a hero. <laughs> okay. All right. Higher, further, faster. Everything begins with a hero. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Wonder Woman. Good guess, but no. Number one. Sorry. Third clue for one point. Discover what makes a hero. <laughs> Oh, that, that's not helpful at all. No, it's not, but that's all there was. All right. So it's not Wonder Woman. It's a hero who goes higher, further, faster. Sky high. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. It was Captain Marvel. I don't remember anything about that movie. Do you remember that she was a pilot? Oh. Yeah. All right. Number three. Movie number three. There's one clue for three points. A major emotion picture. Emoji movie. Is that your final answer? It seems so obvious, though. Inside Out. Is that your final yes. answer? The correct answer was Inside Out. Yes. So you got 
One point. One point for the first movie and three points for that last movie by getting it on the only guess. So that is four points total. I believe that may tie you with me, but I'm not totally sure. Really? Yeah. So I think we're tied for first place after that. Okay. That said, that's all I've got planned for this podcast. It was a special uh, after Christmas episode. Hopefully this releases <laughs> relatively close to when we recorded it because that could be awkward. But uh, I'm going to leave it there. And please, if you have any feedback, questions, or anything you'd like us to talk about, write into theweekcritique at gmail.com or just DM the Twitter account at theweekcritique or at Cade Marks on Twitter is mine. If you want to see more of my movie impressions and reviews and ratings, you can follow me at Cinemarks on Letterboxd. That is C-I-N-E-M-A-R-K-S. Where can the people find you, Casey? I am also at Letterboxd at c and then movies with the z so c m o v i e z well thank you so much for coming to record this episode with me today i mean you're probably the best person i could have talked about nolan with you and i have watched most of his movies together so yeah it's been fun thank you for having me now you everybody you have your definitive list of christopher nolan movies ranked definitely don't argue but if you want to, please send it into the at gmail.com. I need emails to talk about. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna leave it there. And have a good day. Bye guys. Bye. So should be uh, should should be a good talk. You ready, Casey? I'm ready. Let's go. It. No, okay. Let's try that again. No, we don't have to stop recording. Just say it again, and I'll cut it up. I'm ready. You don't have to get quite that close to the microphone. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready.